Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Esther Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation fans, we've done it. We are finally to the last team of our 2022 team previews. And buckle up, this is a good one. Logan, if you would have told me six weeks ago that I would be this excited to be talking about the Indiana Fever, I would not have believed you. But Logan, I am excited to talk about the Indiana Fever and their 2022 upcoming season. How are you feeling right now? Dude. The Fever are America's team this year. This is like we are <laughs> everybody's getting them. behind the Fever. Yeah, we are, and not just out of this isn't like a pity thing. Like, oh, I hope they do well because they've been so bad. Like, no, I'm like legitimately like, and don't don't mistake this for me believing they're actually going to like translate this excitement to wins. Yet, I don't think that's coming necessarily this season. But in terms of teams, I'm excited to watch play. Give me the Indiana Fever every night. Don't you dare black out their games. I'm I'm here to watch. Thank you. I'm here to watch. They, they went out and picked like a million times in the first two rounds of this year's draft. They got rid of players that they weren't going to play, which you can question the legitimacy of that strategy all you want. That's fair. But get on board. It's it's a fever episode, and I, I can't stress <laughs> enough how legitimate my excitement is. It's not just for laughs. Like I, I think they're going to be a really interesting team to watch this year. Yeah. Again, we'll see if that actually translates to Ws on the court, but either way, we're going to be interested to talk about the Indiana Fever. Before we hop in and actually discuss this team, Logan... It's our last episode. Would you do the honor? Not as last episode as a podcast. Last team preview of 2022. Would you do the honors of letting our listeners know how they can best interact with us? Uh, yeah. First of all, five star reviews wherever you're listening to podcasts right now. Boom. NBANation.com, our website with our store and our Twitch page and all of the other links you need. Boom. Dot com. And then on Twitter, <laughs> WNNation.com. Just throw in the dot .com. WNNation. <laughs> Boom. We're a website. Um, the store has some really, we're a website. really I love cool it. stuff on it. Uh, the website has a blog that we're going to continue to update throughout the season. Obviously, you're going to continue to get podcasts into your ear holes throughout the year. So uh, that's everywhere you can find us. Let's jump in. Awesome. I love it. Logan. Lynn Dunn has stepped up and started heading up this general manager front office position that, uh, that was obviously left vacant. Um, after, (laughs) after a legendary play, like sometimes players transitioning to front office works. Sometimes they don't. Tamika Catchings obviously coming in just has somewhat struggled a little bit. So Indiana brings in Lynn Dunn, uh, Hall of Famer Lynn Dunn to come in and, and try to rejuvenate this, this squad. And, and I, I may be getting this wrong. I, I think I, if I remember correctly, she basically said, I'll give you a year. I'm going to give you one, one year and, you know, then you got to look, you kind of, look for my replacement that may be totally false, but I I think I'm remembering that correctly. Um, she comes in and, uh, really 
kind of rejuvenates what seemed to be an absolutely stagnant, just dead franchise. And I, I just am really, I, I'm glad that you brought this up. We are not excited about the fever. Ironically, we are legitimately excited to see what Indiana fever basketball is going to be like moving forward from here on out. Um, just prior to the draft, I think it was maybe a week or two prior to the draft, uh, we tweeted out something just randomly uh, from our Twitter account that said, what is a hot you know, WNBA take that you've got that other people would not believe? And I can't remember. I apologize. One of our followers tweeted back, the Indiana Fever know what they're doing. <laughs> and I saw that and I went, oh, this poor person like that is just completely, no. I believe them now. I believe I don't. Uh, whoever you were, I apologize. I forgot uh, who it was that that gave that take. But whoever you were, I'm on board. I'm all on board, Logan. Let's talk draft picks because that's the first thing I want to talk about with the Indiana Fever. They had four first rounders and a couple second rounders, and this is real. That's really the story. That's where a lot of this momentum has come from. Uh, so. Talk to me the significance of who they've picked up in the 2022 draft. Yeah, their draft made it feel for the first time in several seasons as though this team has a plan and a direction. And I love that. So we'll dive in. They they got Lexi Hull. They got Emily Inksler. They got Destiny Henderson. Basically the who's who of who was really fun to watch in the Final Four this past season. Um, if you were to, to put together a Final Four, like all bracket team, they just went and took their pick of all those players <laughs> that they could get. And and I don't think it's a bad strategy. Those are players who've played in, in big games. They've got their styles, their bodies are made for the next level. I think they're going to translate well to the WNBA. And you've got, I know you want to talk about draft picks, but you've got a, a player in Kelsey Mitchell, who I know has been in the league for a little while. At 26, she's still young enough you can build around. And yes. so it's okay with me that they're going and saying, we're going to use all those picks in the draft. We're not trying to trade... We're not trying to deal out big contracts right now and trying to to kind of bandage the wound that we've been ignoring for the last several years. We're we're starting fresh. We have a legitimate, like maybe semi all star caliber. I I think she's an all star caliber player. I think it's. Gonna be hard I, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I think she's a hundred percent an all star caliber player be that's been hidden to get there. Yes. But yes. she is that type of player in, in Kelsey Mitchell. And you're going to surround her with players that, at least in the preseason, they've just been starting three and four of these rookies at a time, trying to get their, their legs under them, trying to get their reps up. I think they're going to trot them out there and go, look, you're the future of this team. Go, um, yeah, go like, get yours. Melissa Smith is in there. Melissa Smith and Queen Egbo, basically, Indiana decided uh, who has a very dominant front court in college basketball and let's copy and paste yeah. their front court onto take, our team. We're going to take Baylor's front court, which is also a good strategy. <laughs> and we're also going to take a couple players off South Carolina because they've, I think they've now got three South Carolina players on that roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. And it's not the way to do it if you want to win a championship this year, but I think they've been disciplined enough to say, we're not trying to make a big trade our big splashy you know, signing in order to win this year. We want to win for a lot of years in the future. And I think that's totally fine. So you look down the roster right now, the average age is probably like 22. It's fine. Yeah. That does it. I I'm cool with it. I think if nothing else, you infuse a team that's known nothing but losing for like five seasons with a bunch of players that have known nothing but winning for their whole college careers. 
And they bring a very different attitude, I think, into a locker room where they know that they're going to be outmatched a lot of nights. They're not delusional as to, to think that they're going to go up into Chicago and be like, hey, we can we can own these. You know, These are players that they've looked up to and probably patterned their games after for a long time. But the future of the league, at least a few of it, a few players, I mean, it's coming to come out of Dallas, Indiana, Atlanta, like these players that are building something right now. And I think Indiana's got one of the more exciting groups. I agree. I think that Indiana, in a just a dream scenario, came away with just the most incredible draft night. Oh, they crushed the draft. That I've seen. Obviously, they're going to take Melissa Smith second overall because Ryan Howard went first overall. And I think, I think a lot of people are actually uh, even even myself, as I was doing my mock drafts, Logan, Melissa Smith was so close to that number one spot over and over and over. And it seemed like every time I was like, ah, it's going to go to Melissa. Then like Ryan Howard would, you know, go off and, you know, win the SEC tournament, you know, single handedly, like like that <laughs> kind of stuff would happen. But she like Smith was so close to being like that number one type of player. And I think Indiana just absolutely lucked out that that Ryan Howard didn't have some sort of falling because I think Smith fits exactly what they need. They need a big to come in and compliment um, what they've got in that front court. I think that Melissa Smith's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. And then they went ahead and picked up Emily Anksler, a just absolute Swiss army knife. And to be honest, my favorite interview of the entire night was Emily Anksler. She just, uh, she laid it all out there. She got a little bit emotional talking about the, you know, what it was like to be drafted. And I think she just won a ton of people over. Uh, I know several of us hosts are just, you know, we're between watching her in the final four and then seeing uh, her draft interview. I mean, those two things alone, if you're not an Emily Engsler fan, like, do you have a soul type of, you know, situation? They then they uh, when they picked up um, Lexi Hull, a lot of people went, you know, kind of turned their heads. I had Lexi Hull going at the end of the first round, but most people I think I was the only one of most mock drafts that even had her in the first round. When they picked her up, I that's that was my first like, ooh, I would have maybe taken Destiny Henderson there. And then they passed on Henderson again and quick picked up Queen Egbo. And then were able to still still pick up Destiny Henderson in the second round. Yeah. Like like if if Indiana would have just like I felt like somebody just dropped a lucky rabbit's foot on the Indiana fever and all of a sudden they went from you know, we were making jokes for the last multiple years. Someone pick up the phone in Indianapolis. Do they know there's a season starting? Like, we yeah, would they, say stuff like that. So, so lethargic in past off seasons and their drafts have not been, I mean, they've been talked about, but they've been talked about because they were taking players like Kaiser Gundrezic, who was just an unexpected pick when she went number four last year and ended up getting cut from the team less than a year later. So like they, that's what made it feel like for a lot of years, they didn't have a plan. Like when they took Gundrezic, they didn't have a, like a, a blueprint in place at all. Now it feels like they managed to take a draft, which we all agreed maybe was among one of the weaker drafts talent wise, especially at the top that we've seen the last couple of years and turn it into something that I think is really fun. And not just in like, Oh, that's fun. Like not in a condescending way, but like, 
I I really believe in the Nalissa Smith Queen Egbo combo and Emily Inksler and like if if maybe this is bold, but I think they are way better off with the picks that they got rather than having the number one overall pick in this draft. Because maybe Ryan Howard gets the Rookie of the Year award down in Atlanta, but I I think it's really easy to to draft a rookie onto a bad team like Indiana and have them come in and defer and be like, look, this isn't my team. I am a rookie. This is Kelsey Mitchell's team, or this is Tara McCallan's team before she was gone. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, we've got a new coach. It's her team. These rookies get to come in and be as vocal as anybody in the locker room and hold each other accountable because it's like, who, who else is going to tell them what to do? Who's going to tell them? No, they it's, it's their show. And Indiana badly needed to wipe the slate clean. And I think they did it kind of in one fell swoop. It took them a couple seasons to get there. But now that they did it, it, it's like they hit the button and suddenly it's like, all right, well, I want to tune in and watch this team. Maybe it yeah, takes them a while to figure out the speed of the pro game. I think it's probably going to take Lexi Hole some time to adjust. I think Destiny Henderson's probably going to be streaky when we first see her out there. But they've got potential. Like Henderson, to me, is just a, a mini McBuckets. I mean, I think that's she's going to be a Kayla McBride in, in, a, in a season or two. And someone like Inksler can go out and if you can, if you can be a tough, like attitude first, defensive first forward in the WNBA, you're going to have a long mm-hmm. career. And yeah. that's what I see from her too. So I, and then the two Baylor players, obviously, I mean, they bring some much needed size and physicality to a team that is, again, these, these teams at the bottom of the rankings don't always match up well athletically with the ones at the top, but I'm pretty pumped. Like I, this is, it's a little bit like NFL draft Twitter, like, Oh, this team got better. And like, we always think teams in the off season get better because rarely do they obviously get worse. Um, this team got a lot better. Yep. I'd agree. I 100% agree. I think that there's just this, this aura around this Indiana fever team that just might kind of push Kelsey Mitchell to finally get the respect that I think that she deserves. I think Kelsey Mitchell is, is one of the best players in the league that has just been hidden and nobody's been watching because Indiana has been bad. So nobody's been watching that team. So no eyes go on Kelsey Mitchell. I think Kelsey Mitchell is easily an all-star caliber type player. And I think this type of team surrounding herself with young, energetic, excited type players could bode very well for her to say, Hey, I've been here four years. Let's build something awesome right now. Uh, and, and just kind of take this young group under her wing and just really push forward. I I'm very excited. Uh, for what the Indiana Fever have coming uh, in 2022. That being said, Logan, let's give an actual prediction on where we think the Fever are going to finish because we've been hype about Indiana, but I wonder how much different Indiana's prediction is going to come compared to our last episode that seemed a little bit down with the uh, with the Atlanta Dream. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? Where do you see Indiana finishing this season? Look, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I'm excited for their future. I'm excited they have a plan. That plan probably includes losing a bunch of games this year. <laughs> like, that's just how it, I, I think it'll be. I think they'll have a better season than they did last year. Um, if you look at last year on ESPN where they, they mark all the losses in red, they started last year one and 16 and it feels like infinity. I mean, they just got beat up. 
last year, won a couple of games uh, going into the Olympic break. And then at that point, the season was just over for them. But uh, they, they probably win less than 10 games and they probably finish 11 or 12. That's just the reality. But it's, it's got a different atmosphere than past teams where that was the expectation and there was no hope. It was just, and, and it's probably going to be the same next year. Like that's what it felt like year after year. That's why the joke for the show for a long time has been they're a year away from being a year away. Now mm-hmm. it feels like they're a year away from being good. And that's the first time we've been able to say that in a long time. So un- unfortunately that probably means their ceiling is about eight or nine wins, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, if they, if they can wrap up, wreck up a couple at the beginning of the year, What's likely to happen is they're going to come out and they're going to have no idea how to play against a WNBA squad. And it's it's going to look pretty painful for a little while. But I think they're going to figure some things out. They do have two games against Atlanta early in the season. Um, they, they got a little mini road trip in there. But they I think they're going to have some opportunities to, to poke holes at a couple different teams. Um, and we'll, we'll see what they can bring to the table. But by the All-Star break, I think they're going to start figuring things out. And maybe they go on a little bit of a run at the end of the year, win a couple. I don't think they're going to be a threat to win the playoffs pretty much at any point in the season. I, mm. I, or like that eight seed, I, I don't think is going to be in reach for them. But that doesn't mean that they aren't going to be a really interesting narrative to watch play out this year. I think that I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I think that they're going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to watch all their games, and most of those games are going to end up in an L. Um, and they're going to, and they're going to take those L's and they're going to accumulate those <laughs> and potentially roll those into a awesome draft pick in 2023, because you know, who's available in 2023 Everybody. potentially. Oh yeah. Aaliyah Boston, who's, you know, big time. Um, so Aaliyah Boston is, is available in 2023. Paige Beckers technically could uh, declare because she turns, um, she'll turn 22 in October of 2023. Um, or is it October? Yeah. I can't remember if it's 2020, but I know she's available if she wants to declare early. Um, and there's some others, you know, obviously you've got players that over the next couple seasons are going to, are, are big names that people have been watching for years. Aaliyah Boston, Paige Beckers, Caitlin Clark, Haley Van Lith. Like those are all players in the next two drafts that could be a huge uh, boon to whatever. Those are franchise movers. And we might just see one of those players end up on the Indiana Fever and you know, if you can imagine like a Caitlin Clark or a Aaliyah Boston, um, you know, Haley Jones, even like popping onto this Indiana fever roster after they've already done what they've done this season. I think Indiana might be, might be kind of the, the, the new hotness, you know, moving into, moving into the league. So, um, it's looking positive for Indiana. I'm going to go ahead and project. I think they're going to finish 11th. I think they're going to beat Atlanta. Let's but go. Not much else, but not much else. And I think that's going to be fine. And you're right. What's that's- probably best for their long term is it, it, the way that the NBA uh, draft odds work is they, they take into account your previous two seasons. So mm-hmm. another bottom two season probably lines them up to get a number one pick. Although it's Indiana, so you never know. But they'll, I was going to say if they finish eleventh the and yeah. only beat Atlanta by a game or two, yeah, 
they might come in with the best odds to get the number one pick. And who knows, you might be picking between Aaliyah Boston and potentially like Paige Beckers or even like Haley Jones. Like you're getting one of those players likely like that's, that's promising. That's a promising yeah. Yeah, next future for Indiana. This is a good year to be Indiana and be building, but still record-wise have the yeah. opportunity to to build into the future. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It's, honestly, it. it's exactly what the Seahawks are doing. That's, maybe that's why <laughs> I feel so. Because that's the plan this year was like, draft a bunch of guys that can help next year's team be good. That's, that's the plan. That was the plan? <laughs> I love it. Well, Logan... Uh, this has been fun. Everybody, thank you for listening to our 2022 team previews. We've had a blast with these. It's been fun to literally go through each and every team, look at each uh, team's roster, uh, current roster, and, and where they might be for this season, any coaching changes, any big storylines. We've had a blast with these. We hope that you enjoy them. Stay tuned. We will probably be releasing, if we haven't already at some point, be releasing our uh, preseason predictions episode that's going to include, you know, picks for MVP, rookie of the year, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, all of that. Uh, we also like to project out, you know, who's going to win our, uh, win the, cha- win the championship, win the commissioner's cup, that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. That will all be coming your way. If it hasn't dropped already, I can't guarantee. We'll see how we schedule to release these episodes, but, um, we hope you've enjoyed these. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. Go check out WNBANation.com. That's kind of our hub where you can find links to all of our socials, all of our, you know, our YouTube, our Twitch, uh, everything, our merch store. Uh, go check all that out. Uh, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. No, I'll see you